and welcome to Afternoonified. The podcast that's still full of shit, just a different kind this week. I'm Emily. And I'm Ryan. And have we got a show for you! I thought about remixing our um, opening theme song for funsies, but Ooh. I can't think of anything better than... Yeah, I mean, I think for April Fools we should do like some like really crazy like dubstep remix of it and just get like really wild and people would be like, <laughs> okay, hi buddy, uh, hi guys, what's up? Hi everyone. I don't know if you know this. Um, actually, I'm, I'm sure you don't know this because none of you can see us while we're recording. But we both do a dance after we say our cold open yeah, every week. We fingers, both stare yeah. at each other and do pretty much the same dance. We never discussed this, but it happens every time. Yeah. Um. Before, actually, um, we're going to tell you what the episode is about, and then we have a big announcement that I was going to save for the end, but I'm too excited to save it for the end. Right? Uh, <laughs> so this episode is has nothing to do, I'm sure you've read the title, but it actually has nothing to do with berries or that lady from Robin Hood. What is the title? Marian Apparitions. Oh. Uh, we're discussing sightings of the Virgin Mary, sort of. There are a lot of people who said they've seen her in their toast, or on a flatbread, on a flatbread, uh, in their grilled cheese and their latte. But these have a little more substance, literally. So we're gonna get into some really confusing semantics. Um, I've broken it down, and we'll cover that. Just so you know what's looking, what what's coming up. Yeah. Um, our exciting news is that we are now members of the River City Podcast Federation, which is a network of really, really amazing podcasts in Portland, um, and they've asked us to. Join them. So that's super exciting. And they they might be making a huge mistake. Oh, but yeah. let's hope not. Um, I mean, they knew we were doing that poop episode when they asked and us. And they still took us. Yes. So th- I think that says something about the River City Podcast Federation. I'm skeptical. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not skeptical. I am, like, over the moon. Um, we're official. After we're done talking about what we're here to talk about, um, we'll give you some recommendations for some really good podcasts um, in the network that you can listen to. They are all the best. Fantastic. They're so good. Um, so it's very exciting. Uh, so there are going to be some like minor changes, but for the most part, they are letting us continue to do the bullshit that we have been doing for the last year. Yeah. Incidentally, happy week after our anniversary. Yay! Um, just so you guys are aware, the changes that will be made are mostly... We're going to have some ads in our episodes now, but you guys can deal because every other podcast has ads, so... We'll put them at the end. Yeah. Par for the course. You guys are used to this. You guys know what's coming up. Yeah. Um... The other exciting thing is if you guys are in Portland, you might be able to catch us at a live show sometime. Yes, we do not have hard details on that. We do know that it's a possibility and that if it does happen, it'll be lots and lots of fun. Yes, Um, you're all invited. And of course, we would put it up for everybody to listen to, but we like it when people come see us. Um, You do. I don't do anything live. That's you. You're the comedian. Open mic comedy is less impressive than you'd think. It's still more than I do. I don't public speak at all besides this, but I'm really just talking to Emily and then she posts it on the internet. So I don't consider this public speaking. It'll be interesting to say the the least. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say. Um, So we're excited. Virgin Mary. Virgin Mary. Um, So we're going to go through the five W's and an H. Love the five W's and an H. They're my favorite. Um, So we can cover the most ground without... All of these stories have so many ins and outs that it's very hard to get into them. I know we did the Incorruptibles episode when I got very mad about religion. Mm -hmm. Um, This is kind of going to be along those lines with less science 
that should be that should have been our cold open like another episode where emily gets mad at religion <laughs> i'm always mad at religion i kind of am too. um there's less science in this because with incorruptible saints there is something hard and fast that you can look at and you can <laughs> theorize about with this you're going on the word of people and, and people toasters Different, not those apparitions. <laughs> so, the who? The who? The who? Virgin Mary. Yes, uh, the Virgin Mary, Mother Five of Jesus points. Christ. For those of you who are not up on your catechism. <gasps> what? I thought it was funny that you had to tell them who Virgin Mary was. Some people don't know. That's true. Um, there, you know, could be people listening that are, you know, I'm going to keep explaining. Yes. So, Mary was a lady back in Bible times. Uh, who was visited by the angel Gabriel and told that she would conceive and bear the Son of God, which she did. Jesus. You know, that makes this... After watching Supernatural, this whole, whole story is a lot harder to imagine because in Supernatural, Gabriel yeah, is like this trickster or whatever. It's yeah. really hard to picture him telling a woman, like, you're going to have... Well, actually, it's pretty easy. You're going to have a baby and no one's going to put it in you. It's just going to happen. I That's exactly him. how you would phrase it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she did. She had Jesus. You remember the nativity? That was her. The whole thing? The whole thing. <laughs> All of them? Yes. She was the shepherds. She was, <laughs> she was the wise men. She was the star. She was the little lamb in the field who was like, do you hear what I hear? And then the <laughs> shepherd wasn't like, holy shit, a talking lamb. They were like, yeah, I do. Star. Yeah. Mm. So talking lamb in that song. Yeah. And no one said shit. Yeah. Yeah, I never even considered how weird that was. Yes. So, um, she was also around for the Last Supper, the crucifixion, the resurrection. Uh, Jesus was a huge mama's boy. Sounds like it. And in the end, she didn't die so much as she ascended into heaven. Um, and the feast day of that is August 6th. It is known as the Assumption because assumpting, assuming, assuming, assuming. Uh, um, <laughs> Assuming she went to heaven? I don't know. It means that she was hauled to heaven by a power other than herself, where ascending means that she was taken up to heaven through her own power, which is what Jesus did. But Mary was taken up into heaven like an alien abduction with a halo on it. I don't like it. No. Not a fan. Um, um, <laughs> dear Jesus, or God, or whoever's up there, if you're listening, please do not assume me, because that sounds terrifying. Well, you know what assuming does. Makes an ass of you and me. <laughs> Um, so she's been hanging out in heaven ever since, looking after people, and in some cases making house calls. <laughs> Usually when an appearance is a big enough deal that a version of her is given a name, such as Our Lady of Guadalupe or Our Lady of Fatima. Fatima? It's Portuguese. Yeah, I think it's Fatima. Fatima. I like Fatima. Shut up. <laughs> um, also in the who category are the people she appeared to. A lot of them are saints now. Because that counts as a miracle to get you canonized, and we're not getting the canonization oh. because I hate it. That's also called schizophrenia. Okay, and we're actually going to touch on that in a second. <laughs> um, so there's actually a very high percentage of these people who are like normal people, children, who also happen to be shepherds, which is weird. Very high child shepherd rate. You know what? Kids always have imaginary friends. I would say all children are partially schizophrenic. So I would say still just mental wait, illness. Just wait for the Tulpa episode because that. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, in some cases, Mary has appeared to large groups of people at once. I'm gonna say this stuff like it's a fact, but it... I'm calling magic mushrooms on that one. Kind of like Salem witch trials we talked about ergot poisoning. I'm gonna say it was probably something like that. I actually didn't bring that up, but that's a good point for later. So um, moving on from the who, from the who, we're moving on to the what, to the what. From the who to the what? From the who to the what? Okay. Uh, yeah. 
So an apparition in this case is less of what you might think of in terms of like a ghostly apparition. Those waveforms look really cool. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, in some apparitions, such as Our Lady of Lords, an actual vision is reported resembling a person being present. Um, in some of these reports, the viewers do not initially report that they saw the Virgin Mary, but instead that they saw a lady um, who had a conversation with them. And then afterwards, they were like, oh, she must have been rural important. Like. Yeah, it's like if you met Justin Timberlake at a Jamba Juice, and you're like, holy shit. I feel like you would immediately go, hey, Justin Timberlake. But if it was Justin Timberlake in disguise, and you had a whole conversation about meatballs, and then he walks away, and you go, mm, there was something really important about that man. It must have been Justin Timberlake. Exactly. That's what happened. Yeah. I don't know uh, why you're talking about meatballs. <laughs> uh, in this case of having a conversation with her, the viewers report experiences that resemble the visual and verbal interaction with the person present at the site. So, like, they're actually meeting a person. Hmm. Um, in most cases, there are no indications as to the auditory nature of the experience. Um, for example, whether the viewers heard the voices via airwaves or it was in, like, inside Internally. them. Yeah, like a mental voice, like you talk to yourself. Yeah. Or a subjective sense of communication. Like, she looked at me and I could tell what she was thinking. Oh, gotcha. Um, in some apparitions, an image is reported absent. Sorry, I fucked up reading that so bad. Yeah. Image is reported absent. In some cases, there's an apparition, no verbal. Where she just looks at them, does some faces and leaves. I, I wish you guys could see what she was doing because the Virgin Mary has never made those faces. How do you know? Have you ever seen her? No. Oh. <laughs> that made this have whole you, episode. Have you really? Well, I was going to have to call a doctor if you said yes, so. Uh, so, an example of the reported apparitions of Our Lady of, Our Lady of Asuit. A-S-S-I-U-T. Um, which many people reported a bright image atop a building. However, in such image-like appearance, appearances, um, there's hardly ever um, speaking. Well, it was probably the sun in the sky, so I would assume it didn't speak. Yeah. Because, you know, when there's, like, some kind of building, you can go, oh, oh, that looks so majestic. It's the fucking sun. Well, in the cases where, like, a group of people see her, she doesn't say anything. Yeah, because she'd have to yell or get a megaphone. She's probably not into technology, you know. I feel like it kind of ruins it if she's like, hey, start praying. Like, I think if she has to shout to a whole crowd, it kind of loses its... It's true. Um, She does other stuff. Yeah. She Like, what? Tap dance? (laughs) Uh, wow. We're Sorry, going I'm taking this a real, yeah. Uh, an apparition should be distinguished from interior locutions in which no visual contact is claimed. So is that like hearing voices in your head? Yes. Yes. Interior locution consists of inner voice and are generally not classified as apparitions. Well, that would make sense. Yes. Physical contact is hardly ever reported as part of a Marian apparition. In rare cases, a physical artifact is reported in apparitions, such as the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is reported to have been imprinted on the cloak of St. Juan Diego. Marian apparitions sometimes reported to recur at the same site over an extended period of time. In the major- majority of apparitions, only one person or a few people have reportedly witnessed the apparition. Exceptions to this include... Fatima and Asui, where thousands claim to have seen her over a period of time. Hmm. Some Marian apparitions and their respective global icons have received canonical coronation from the Pope, which means they're officially recognized. Um, Like their official church pictures is really weird. Mm, I don't like it. They design like a fancy halo for the picture. It's so weird. I don't like it. 
Um, most notably, Our Lady of Lords, Our Lady of Fatima, Guadalupe, Perpetual Sucker. Sucker? The Perpetual Sucker? It says that? Sakur. Oh. That's less fun. I wanted to Our get Lady the Perpetual of the Sucker. Like, she's just really bad at, like, gambling and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Takes really bad bets. Our Lady of the Pillar, Our Lady of Walling Sam, and many others. Walling Sam? Walling... Walsingham. Oh, I'm sorry, there's so many names, and this very rarely happens in America or England, where I can pronounce shit. Yeah. Okay, so the when. Uh, lots of whens. <laughs> All the whens. All the whens. Our Lady of Guadalupe was alleged to have appeared in uh, 1531, with things preceding that. Um, while Our Lady of Fatima... What, Fatima? Fuck this name! Oh, man, you're having a real hard time with that. <sighs> um, it was... That's how they pronounced it in Catholic school, where it was white people who didn't care. Yeah. Um, anyway, Fatima happened in 1917. Uh, it's been happening for almost as long as there's been a Catholic church, with occurrences popping up as recently as 2008. So none since the big crash. The, our economy crashed in, like, 2008. I guess. I don't think the global economy has anything to do with... It's, it's a coincidence. I'm just noting it. I mean, I'll give it to you. <laughs> so the where and the why. Um, this is going a lot faster than I thought it was. Yeah. Um, that's a lie. I'm only on page two of my notes out of eight. So so you must have bulked up the how somehow. Oh, I did. Uh, no, I bulked up the, the where and the why because this is where we get into specific stories. Oh, okay. Um, so... <laughs> yes. So... I've picked two stories that I heard a lot about when I was going to, to school, um, and then one that I've never heard about, just to keep it interesting. Ooh, I like it. Yes. So, Our Lady of Guadalupe is the first one that we're going to talk about. Um, this one has the least amount of evidence to support it, um, but this apparition has been such a driving force in Mexican Catholic culture, and it has more of an impact and relevance than any of the other Marian apparitions. Hmm. Um, this is the image of the Virgin Mary that you see most in Mexican iconography. Hmm. So, like Guadalupe. Like, big, like, tough guys with the Virgin Mary tattoo on their arm. Yeah. That's the Our Lady of Guadalupe. I have her on a pair of socks. And I got them specifically because they were offensive, and I was going to stuff them into smelly shoes. So I thought it would be kind of funny, and it makes me feel good every time I get to stuff her in a pair of shoes. Of, you know, of all Catholic things, Mary is the one that bothers me the least. Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. But it's still, it's kind of like every day I wear those socks. It's like, hmm, fuck you, religion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> makes me feel good. Um, you're a treat. Hmm, yeah. Um, if anyone hasn't guessed yet, I'm a hardcore atheist and uh, have very little respect for religion in general. So if any of my bosses are listening to this, I very deeply apologize, but I don't believe what you believe. I just burped and it tasted like those white chocolate ho-hos that I ate earlier. This is why I don't believe in God, because <laughs> if something so majestic as Jesus existed, people wouldn't be burping up ho-hos. I can't, I can't reconcile the majesty that is supposed to be God and burping up ho-hos. I don't know. That's like saying that someone who's really pretty... Uh, like Gal Gadot can't exist in the same universe as like that guy who walks around downtown painted blue. They can't. They will never cross paths. And if they did, it would create a rip in the time warp. Well, I thing. know, but they exist in the same universe. You don't know that. What if there's like a weird rift between here and there? You don't know quantum physics, man. You don't know. There could be somewhere in the middle of Death Valley. There could be a rift in that. Like LA is actually a different universe, and when you travel there, you have to like step through time. For all you know, you're actually like thirty minutes in the future. You wouldn't know. 
Um. Anyways. Now that I've had a whole rant on. I would love to do an episode on quantum physics, but I don't know enough about it. And I don't think I could dive deep enough to cover it all in a one hour episode. But I really wish I could. That's like saying that an episode about quantum physics can't exist on the same podcast that had an episode about shit. Maybe it's a good thing we're not going to do quantum (laughs) physics. Meanwhile, if any of you are quantum physicists and are funny and want to be on our show, please call us. I want to know more physicists. I only know one, and it's the wrong kind. Yeah. Anyways. So, Our Lady of Guadalupe. A Mexican peasant named Juan Diego. Juan. Juan Diego. Juan Diego. <laughs> Something about that is really offensive. I know, I can't I'm quite so sorry. What. Juan Diego. It sounds even worse, like, it sounds more offensive when I say it in my white lady voice. Kinda, yeah. At least you're not calling him Juan. Juan Diego. Diego, I guess. I don't know. I work in a fancy olive oil and vinegar shop where I have to listen to white people routinely mispronounce Italian, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese. Yeah. Kind of ruins you. Marv, come over here. They have balsamic. Oh, it like physically hurts. It's Italian. Oh, my, uh, this is very different. Chipotle is Chipotle. (laughs) Yeah, I don't like those people. Anyway. Yeah. So, this Mexican peasant named Juan Diego saw a vision of a maiden at a place called the Hill of Tepeyac, which would be part of the Villa de Guadalupe, a suburb of Mexico City. I don't know why I said it like I got a <laughs> I also just spit, so... Yeah, I watched that happen. Um, I'm just going to do the rest of this podcast in small mouth. Um, if you do, I will smack you. That's and fair. I will make sure it's hard enough that it's audible with the microphone. Sometimes when Ryan gets excited about stuff, she does this smile with a small mouth, and it's one of my favorite things in the world, because she knows she's really excited. <laughs> Yeah, the smaller my smile, the more happy I am. <laughs> I give really big fake smiles. When I'm really happy, it's very little. <laughs> so this lady, anyway, spoke to Juan Diego in his native language, uh, which was the language of the Aztec Empire, and I cannot pronounce it, and I will not try. Let me see. Oh. Um... Nahuatl? Nahuatl sounds about right, actually. Um, I have family who married in who are like native Mexican. Yeah. Yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah. Um, The kids have like super authentic names. Yes. Um, Authentic. I don't think that's the right word. Super culturally sound? Authentic? I don't know. Yeah, see, I can't think of a word that's not authentic, but that sounds like I'm calling them food. They're all really cool. And, um, hi, Cousin Annie, if you're listening to this. <laughs> so the the maiden identified herself as the Virgin Mary. Mother, uh, this is in quotes. Mother of the very true deity. Mm-hmm. And asked for a church to be built at that site in her honor. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a little needy. It, it's I'll a little weird it. because um, in the Bible, their God is a very, like, jealous God. Mm-hmm. So her asking for it to be built in her honor kind of goes against that a little bit. But at the same time, yeah, it's it's weird. Also, uh, I feel like that's super selfish. Like, you have all of heaven. Why do you need a church here, It too? gets worse in one of the other stories. Ugh, what a bitch. Based on her words, Juan Diego then sought out the Archbishop of, of Mexico City, um, Juan de 
Mm. I took I took French. I took Spanish. Um, doesn't mean I'm good at it by any means. Oh, <laughs> um, Juan de Zumarraga. You have to like roll the R, but I can't really roll him very well. I'm gonna call him. Zumarraga. We're gonna call him Archbishop Juan. Zumarraga. I can't do it. Um, so he sought <laughs> out um, Father Juan. To tell him what had happened. Uh, the bishop did not believe Diego. Um, of course not. On the same day, Juan Diego saw the Virgin Mary for the second time. She asked him to keep insisting. What a bitch. So just, just go ask him again. What a needy bitch. On Sunday, December 10th, Juan Diego talked to the archbishop for a second time. The latter instructed him to return to Tepeyac Hill and ask for the lady to, for a miraculous sign to prove her identity. Fair. The same day, the third apparition occurred when Diego returned to Tepeyac and, and, encountering the Virgin Mary, reported the bishop's request for a sign. She consented to provide one on the following day, December 11th. I don't know, like, come back tomorrow? Yeah, why do you need time to prepare? Do you have, like, a certain number of miracles? Do you have to, like, go rent it? I don't... Why do you need a break? <sighs> she has to put in a request and the red tape up in heaven is just insane. Yeah. <laughs> By Monday, December 11th, however, Juan Diego's uncle, Juan Bernardino... New names! We need some new names in this story! Everyone in this story is named Juan. <sighs> what does Juan mean? It has to have, like, a meaning. It's John in Spanish. Uh, yeah, probably. Which isn't a Catholic name, which is, you but know... What does John mean? Rock? Oh, no, that's Peter. Let's see. Juan meaning. Juan. It's gonna say John. It's gonna fucking say John. It just took me right back to the page I was already on. Juan. So I'm gonna let you um, loudly tap. I tap angrily. Oh, it is a Spanish baby name that is the Spanish form of John, meaning God is gracious. Okay. So, so all these God is graciouses. Juan Diego's uncle, Juan Bernardino, had fallen sick, and Juan Diego was obliged to attend to him in the very um, attend him. The very early hours of Tuesday, December twelfth, Juan Bernardino's condition having deteriorated, had deteriorated, deteriorated overnight. Juan Diego set out to another town to fetch a priest to hear Juan Bernardino's confession and minister to him on his deathbed. In order to avoid being delayed by the Virgin, he's literally like, "Oh shit! If I go this way, she's gonna stop me, and I'm gonna have to deal with that." <laughs> Wow. Um, and ashamed at having failed to meet her on Monday, as they had agreed, he's avoiding going at all. the Virgin Mary. Oh my god. <laughs> this needy bitch is driving people away. Uh, Juan Diego chose another route around the hill, but the Virgin intercepted him and asked where he was going. <laughs> Juan Diego explained what had happened, and the Virgin gently reprimanded him for not having come to see her because he was dealing with his dying uncle. Jeez. She's like a needy, jealous girlfriend. Yeah. Um, in the words which have become the most famous phrase of the Guadalupe event and are inscribed above the main entrance to the Basilica of Guadalupe, she asked Ryan to read this because it's in oh, Spanish. Oh, good God. Where? Um. Oh. No estoy yo aquí queso tu madre? Am I not here? I, who am your mother? Yeah, that's what's happening here. Um, she assured him that Juan Bernardino had now recovered, and she told him to gather flowers from atop Tepeyac Hill, from which it was normally barren, especially in December. Juan followed her instructions, and he found Castilian roses. Cast- yeah, 
uh, Hmm. which were not native to Mexico, blooming there. The Virgin arranged the flowers in Juan's tilma, or cloak. Hmm. And when Juan Diego opened his cloak before the Archbishop, Juan, on December 12th, the flowers fell to the floor, and on the fabric there was an image of the Virgin of Guadalupe. I'm going to go ahead and say that was a sweat stain, Um, and he filled his coat with flowers. Um... Google Google the um, the cloak of Juan Diego and you'll see what it looks like because it's hanging in a place now. Well, I mean, it can't be hanging in not a place. The bishop kept Juan Diego's mantle first in his private chapel and then in the church on the in the church on public display where it attracted great attention. On December 26, oh. 1531, a procession formed for taking the miraculous image back to Tepeyac, where it was installed in a small, hastily erected chapel. <laughs> erected. <laughs> in course of this procession, the first miracle was allegedly performed when an Indian, native, I believe, mm. was mortally wounded in the neck by an arrow shot by accident during some stylized displays in honor of the Virgin. Uh, in great distress, the Indians carried him before the Virgin's image and pleaded for his life. Upon the arrow being withdrawn, the victim made a full and immediate recovery. Yeah, that's not a sweat stain. Just want to say. Yes, I know. Not a sweat stain. Um, it's a very good painting. Yeah. Okay. So I, I retract what I said about the sweat stain, but I think Juan Diego was just a really good painter and painted his cloak. Uh, the cloak is now housed in the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City and is the most visited Catholic pilgrimage site in the world and the world's third most visited sacred site. Pope Leo Thirteenth granted the venerated image a canon- can- canonical coronation on the 12th of October, 1895. Hmm. Um, I was in a play about Our Lady of Guadalupe. When I did was you play Guadalupe? I did not. Are you kidding? Um, I played. First, they they did a scene. My grandma hated this play, and you will find out why in a minute. They did a scene set back in the days of the Aztecs before Cortez showed up. Um, And I was an Aztec sacrifice victim. And then Cortez showed up, and they made it sound like he did all this good shit, and like the Aztecs were happy to see him. When in reality, he ruined everything. And murdered you. Well, I mean, you were murdered before, but... Actually, I, was, I wasn't I was murdered. I was just in the lineup. They murdered someone else. Oh, so you were just... It was a Future very, victim number five. A very racist play. Yeah. Um, and then later, they did the whole story. Um, there were no uh, Latin Americans, no Mexicans, nothing in my school, by the way. It's all white people. White people and people that buy into this crap. Um, Playing... Hispanic people. I don't know what the right term is. Did they, is. like, uh, paint you guys to no, make no, it no, convincing? No, no, no. It didn't have brown face. Oh, thank God. Uh, but I also played someone who worked for the Archbishop and whatever. Um, it was a very racist play. I regret being part of it, but I, my defense, I was like 10. Okay. That is the second time I played a Mexican peasant in a play. You <laughs> <laughs> have a history of playing I'm sorry. Mexican I just, peasants. I want to get this out there and I want to talk about it now before we gain any sort of notoriety and Tumblr pulls receipts on me and is like, but remember when you did this? It's like, I was 10. Oh, yeah. I'm I also terrified. played a cactus at one point, so um, Catholic school's the worst. Yeah. Anyway, so there's no proof that Juan Diego ever existed. Just want to put that out there. Oh, well, that makes all of this way more explainable someone painted a piece of fabric and then made up a story yes um so that is our lady of guadalupe 
which has the best name out of all of these. Well, you only say that because you don't want to say Fatima. Which is the next story. All right, we'll move on. Tell me about Fatima. Our Lady of Fatima. I'm going to get so many angry emails. Yeah, probably. But we also, I also said that I shoved the Virgin Mary in my shoes. That's true. Um, So this is a very complicated story. It's also a really weird story, to be honest. Um, I've watched, they made us watch a movie about it in school, and it terrified me, and it was really weird. So... Hmm. Uh, beginning in the spring of 1917, uh, three children, whose names I did not write down. Oh, three random anonymous children. Wow. <laughs> uh, Lucia was one of them. Fernando? Oh, Eight pages of notes, and I don't have these bitches' names anywhere. I don't even know what to Google to find it. Appeared. The three children were dot dot dot. Lucia Santos and her cousins Jacinta and Francesca. Francisco. Ah. Marto. Um, so they were young children. I don't remember their ages. From the uh, drawings, they look about six. Yeah, they're very young. So the... <laughs> where was I? Beginning in the spring of 1917, the children reported apparitions of an angel, and starting May of 1917, apparitions of the Virgin Mary, who the children described as the lady more brilliant than the sun. The children reported a prophecy that prayer would lead to an end to the Great War. World War One. And that on October 13th of that year, that the lady would reveal her identity and perform a miracle so that all may believe. Really building herself up here. It's a lot of pressure. Newspapers reported the prophecies and many pilgrims began visiting the area. The secular and religious... Visiting the area. The children's accounts were deeply controversial, controversial, drawing intense criticism from both secular and religious authorities. A provincial administrator briefly took the children into custody, believing the prophecies were politically motivated in opposition to the officially secular First Portuguese Republic established in 1910. The events of October 13th became known as the Miracle of the Sun. Newspapers published testimony from reporters and other people who claimed to have witnessed extraordinary solar activity, such as the sun appearing to dance or zigzag in the sky, careen towards the earth, or emit multicolored light and radiant colors. I've heard about this. Yes. According to these reports, the event lasted approximately 10 minutes. Go on. Um, I watched a documentary on it, and I don't really remember what causes any of that stuff, but there is an actual scientific explanation. I have some notes on it at the end. For, yeah. Um, my Sunday least favorite person, Joe Nichols, who's a skeptic who disproves a lot of hauntings, actually had some stuff to say about it. It's one of those people where you're like, you're an asshole, but you're also probably right. Yes. Uh, Bishop Jose de Silva. So we've moved on from Juan's. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, Jose de Silva declared the miracle worthy of belief on the 13th of October, 1930, which is about 13 years after this happened. Took some Uh, time. Permitting officially the cult of Our Lady of Fatima within the Catholic Church. The event is commemorated each year on that same date. On the 13th of May, 1946, Pope Pius XII granted a canonical coronation to the venerated image enshrined at the chapel of the apparitions of Fatima via his his pope power. <laughs> his popelyhood. His popeness. Popeliness. On the 11th of November, 1954, the same pope later raised the sanctuary of Fatima to the status of minor basilica. Yeah. Hmm. So that's cool. Um, 
I'm actually going to have you read some things in a minute, so Yay. it's not just me talking the entire time. It's okay. creepy stuff, so... Oh, I like creepy things. Uh, the published memoirs of Lucia Santos, who was the oldest of all of the children in the 1930s. She was the oldest forever, but her... Her memoirs were published in the 1930s. Ah, okay. Uh, More sense. Revealed two secrets that she claimed came from the Virgin, while the third secret was to be revealed by the Catholic Church in 1960. The controversial events at Fatima gained fame due partly to elements of the secrets, prophecy, um, revelations regarding the Second World War, and possibly more global wars in the future, particularly the Virgin's alleged request for the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. She wants an entire country. Um, And it should be noted, before we get into the secrets, which I have, um, that the church stopped accepting new information that changed the way the Catholic Church operates when the last apostle died. Everything after that is considered a secondary thing that just builds upon what's already there. What's already there. So it's kind of like First Testament, not First Testament, Second Testament? Is that what it's called? Uh, it's the New and Old Testament. Oh, First Testament. <laughs> No, it's basically like in before the Pope died, there were the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, and any information about the Holy Trinity that after that point is just considered. It's like an addendum. Yes, it's an appendix. Yes, gotcha. Um, Annex. So that's what all of this stuff is going to be. Okay. Um, So in her third memoir, written in 1941, Lucia said that the first secret was a vision of hell and was disclosed to the children on the 13th of July, 1917. And I'm going to have Ryan read. Yes! It's the italicized stuff right there. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys about hell, because that's where I'm going. After this, yeah. Probably. Our lady showed us a great sea of fire, which seemed to be under the earth. Plunged in this fire were demons and souls in human form, like transparent burning embers, all blackened or burnished bronze, floating about in a conflagration. Conflagration? Conflagration. I hate that word. Conflagration, now raised into the air by the flames that issued from within themselves together with great clouds of smoke, now falling back on every side like sparks in a huge fire without weight or equilibrium, and amid shrieks and groans of pain and despair, which horrified us, uh, yeah, they're like six years old, um, and made us tremble with fears. Fears. Multiple fears. We trembled with fears. The demons could be distinguished by their terrifying and repulsive likeness to frightful and unknown animals, all black and transparent. This vision lasted but an instant. How can we ever be grateful enough to our kind, heavenly mother who had already prepared us by promising in the first apparition to take us to heaven. Otherwise, I think we would have died of fear and terror. So she had to promise to take them to heaven before she showed them this because it was so fucked up. Yes. Okay, so that is the first secret. And then the second statement, or secret, was a statement that World War I would end along with a prediction of another war during the reign of Pope Pius XI. Uh, That's what XI means, right? XI is 11. Okay. Uh, Should men continue offending God and should Russia not convert? (laughs) I know. The second half requests that Russia be consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. You have seen hell where the souls of poor sinners go. To save them, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my Immaculate Heart, 
needy bitch. If what I say to you is done, many souls will be saved and there will be peace. The war is going to end, but if people do not cease offending God, a worse one will break out during the pon- pontificate hmm, pontificate of Pope Pius. That means it's Popehood. It's like a presidency. The pontificate of Pope Pius. <laughs> really enjoying that. When you see a knight illum- illumined? Can be illuminated? Illumined by an unknown light. Know that this is the great sign given you by God that he is about to punish the world for its crimes by means of war, famine, and persecutions of the church and of the Holy Father. To prevent this, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart and the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. If my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. She's threatening us. Yeah. If not, she will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred, the Holy Father will have much to suffer, various nations will be annihilated, and in the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me, and she shall be converted, and a period of peace will be granted to the world. I mean, we all know Wonder, Wonder Woman stopped World War One, so... Yeah. Whatever. Um, so what I'm getting from this is that Mary is a crazy bitch and is like, so you can give me Russia or I'm going to ruin the earth and then take Russia and then we can well, be Well, who happy. would want Russia to begin with? Seriously, all I have is soup. Soup and Bo- snow. Borscht. Borscht, sno- snoop and snow. Snoop. <laughs> snoop and snow. Snoop has never been to Russia. I don't know. Maybe he has. Rushizzle? <laughs> Rushizzle, my nizzle. For sure. <laughs> Um, and now we get to the third part of the secret, which was revealed um, on the 13th of July night. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's when she's been doing all her yeah. revealing. So the 13th of July, 1917. Um, yeah. Uh, this was released the late, uh, late 20th century. So late 1970s. It's fairly recent hmm. compared to everything else. Interesting. So you get to read one more. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I write in obedience to you, my God, who command me to do so through his excellency, the Bishop of Lyria, and through your most holy mother and mine. That was barely grammar. After the two parts, which I have already explained, at the left of Our Lady and a little above, we saw... <laughs> I don't like how she talks. Sister Lucia? No. Yeah. We saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand, flashing. It gave out flames that looked as though the they would... The sword was flashing or the angel was flashing? I don't know. It's got a semicolon, which means kind of like a semi-hard stop, so... Semi-hard. Mm. So we're going half-mast here. <laughs> it gave out flames that looked as though they would set the world on fire, but they died out in contact with the splendor that Our Lady radiated towards him from her right hand. Pointing to the earth with his right hand, the angel cried out in a loud voice, Penance! 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 And we saw in an immense... Pence? Pence? Um, I sure as fuck hope not. No one's... No, it can't be because no one would ever go, Pence! 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 Because no one likes that man. It's true. Um, anyway, after shouting penance three times, he said... No, Lucia says... And we saw in an immense light that is God, something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it, a bishop dressed in white. We had the impression that it was the Holy Father. 
So this bitch don't know. The Pope. Other bishops, priests, men, and women, religious, going up a steep mountain, at the top of which there was a big cross of rough, rough, rough hewn, hewn, hewn <laughs> of rough hewn trunks, uh, as of a cork tree with the bark. Before reaching there, the Holy Father passed through a big city, half in ruins and half trembling with halting step, afflicted with pain and sorrow. He prayed for the souls of the corpses he met on his way. Having reached the top of the mountain, on his knees at the foot of the big cross, he was killed by a group of soldiers who fired bullets and arrows at him, and in the same way, there died, one after another, the bishops, priests, men and women religious, and various lay people of different ranks and positions. Beneath the two arms of the cross were the two angels, each with a crystal aspersorium in his hand. <laughs> in which they gathered up the blood of the martyrs and with it sprinkled the souls that were making their way to God. What is an aspersorium? Fuck if I know. I'm going to find out. So yeah, that's Our Lady of Fatima. Uh, Jacinta and Francisco. Francisco. Or a stoop. Oh, a bowl. Okay. Um, the two younger children died um, in like the 40s or 50s. They did not live very long. Oh. It's like a chalice. It's specifically made for holding holy water. Okay. They put blood in it, so I feel like that's against the rules. Whatever. Um, so the two younger children died, and they are on their way to sainthood. I think Sister Lucia has died, but she was alive until like the 90s, hmm. I believe. Um, she is still alive when I was in Catholic school. Hmm. She is old as fuck. Yeah. Um... So the last one we're going to talk about is different, um, and it's also one that I had never heard about until I was working on this. What do you? Did you look Sister Lucia up? Yeah, she's gnarly looking. Look she's teeth. She's seen some shit. Hallucinated some shit. Those she's are the eyes of a mushrooms. woman who have seen hell. She was also six years old when that happened, so I'm pretty sure she like ate a bad mushroom and just like tripped balls. How old are the other children when that happened? I don't know. Let's find out. I feel like I should have gotten that information. Um, so Sister Lucia was born in 1907, and since all of this happened in 17, she was 10. Okay. Um, she died in 2005 at the age of 97. Okay. Um, I don't know about the other ones. Um, they were younger, but they also died of like tuberculosis and whatnots. Hmm. So probably died younger. Fatima kids. <laughs> yeah. Um. I want to say Jacinto was like six. Um, I don't know. There's too much on this page. I'll tweet it. Nine-year-old Lucia Santos and her cousins, but it doesn't say their ages. Lucia looked like an old lady when she was ten years old. Everyone looked like an old person in the 1910s. There was a war. Especially her, though. Look at that little old lady. She's especially old-looking. So, Our Lady of Knock. Oh no, she's here. Which I believe was... God, my notes are just all over the place today. Mm. Um, Knock is... That's in Ireland. Mm. Um, so, Knock, Ireland. Okay. On the evening of Thursday, the 21st of August, 1879, at about 8 o'clock, 15 people whose ages ranged from 5 to 75, mm. and included men, women, teenagers, and children, witnessed what they stated was an apparition of Our Lady, St. Joseph, and St. John the Baptist at the south gable end of the local small parish church, the Church of St. John the Baptist. Hmm. 
Behind them and a little to the left of St. John was a plain altar. On the altar was a cross and a lamb, traditional images of Jesus, as reflected in the religious phrase, the Lamb of God, um, and also some angels. Hmm. Big party. Mass hallucination. Mm-hmm. Two women passing by the church first noticed it and summoned what would become a small crowd of 15. The Blessed Virgin Mary was described as being beautiful, standing a few feet above the ground. So she was not standing, she was floating. Yeah, that's not standing. She wore a white cloak hanging in full folds and fastened at the neck. Like a wizard. (laughs) Our wizard of Guadalupe. Uh, She wore a crown that was... That appeared of a golden brightness, a deeper hue than the whiteness of her robe. Uh, the upper parts of the crown appeared to be a series of sparkles or glittering crosses. She was described as being deep in prayer with her eyes raised to heaven, her hands raised to the shoulders or a little higher, and palms inclined slightly to the shoulders. Aww. Yeah. You guys know the pose. Yeah. Palms up like you just had a big realization. Uh <laughs> Bridget Trench went in immediately to kiss, as, uh, this is a quote from her, she says, I went in immediately to kiss as I thought the feet of the Blessed Virgin, but felt nothing in the embrace but the wall, and wondered why I could not feel with my hands the figures which I had so plainly and so distinctly seen. Because you were fucking tripping balls. Ergot is a good... <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say that uh, the little communion crackers they ate probably had some ergot poisoning. Bread, right? You eat like little bread chunks. Or yeah, but it's it's unleavened, but it's still still wheat. It doesn't mean that they necessarily served unleavened bread. I used to go to a church and they just ripped up Wonder Bread and gave it to us. Well, yes, but this is eighteen fifty seven. Could still be ergot. Well, no, I mean the communion crackers do have wheat in them. Yeah, but generally Catholic churches have a very specific communion wafer. Yeah, until you're broke and then you have to use what you got. It's it's all about symbolism anyway. Just like they didn't give us wine at our communions, they gave us water. Well, you don't get wine at Catholic in Catholic Mass. Oh. Only the priest does. Lucky bastard. It's not, need good to be drunk it's not good wine. It's not good wine. It's like that shitty like table wine. Why does it have to be, though? Why can't they give them good wine? Because it's not supposed to be enjoyable. So they make them suffer through shitty wine? Yeah. It's kind of like how Roman Catholics have sex. Like, it's in and out. Strictly for the purpose of business. Yeah, strictly business. You're not supposed to have fun. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it's awful. I assume. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, St. Joseph was also wearing white robes and stood on the Virgin's right hand. I assume to her right, not on her hand. (laughs) (laughs) The tiny Joseph. Or even worse, it's like Russian acrobats. (laughs) It's regular size balancing (laughs) on her holy hand. I like that image better. Um, his head was bent forward from the shoulders towards the Blessed Virgin. St. John the Baptist stood to the left of the Blessed Virgin. He was dressed in a long robe and wore a mitre, which is a bishop hat. St. John the Evangelist is the same as St. John the Baptist, right? I don't think so. I have no idea. Maybe not. They might be two separate people, but this was St. John the Evangelist who was there. Um, he was dressed in a long robe and mitre, uh, held open a large book in his left hand. To the left of St. John was the altar with the lamb... And a cross on the altar behind the lamb with the angels and shit. Those who witnessed the apparition stood in the pouring rain for up to two hours reciting the rosary. When the apparition began, there was good light, although it became very dark because it it was night. Yes. Witnesses could still see the figures very clearly, and they appeared to be the color of a bright whitish light. The apparition did not flicker or move in any way. 
The witnesses reported that the ground around the figures remained completely dry during the apparition, although the wind was blowing from the south. Afterward, the ground at the gable became wet, and it got dark. Hmm. I call bullshit. Yes. I call tripping balls. Yes. Um, so, now we're to the how. Uh, magic. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and no. say tripping not, balls. Yeah, not really. Um, what it comes down to is this is the same thing it came down to in the Incorruptibles episode. We do not have all the facts. We cannot account for every single variable in these, and it's 100% possible that the Fatima children and St. Bernadette of Lourdes, which is another apparition we're just making shit up and really stuck with it mm-hmm. kind of like poltergeist cases yeah you know children teenagers yeah it happens to them for a reason yes they make shit up um there's also no proof that saint juan diego even existed and his cloak could just be a very nice piece of art yes i'm gonna go with that um so the miracle of the sun which we talked about uh, during the fatima section um has been scrutinized and blamed on tricks of the light uh Joe Nickel wrote that the dancing sun effects reported at Fatima were a combination of factors including optical effects and the meteorological phenomena such as the sun being seen through thin clouds causing it to appear as a silver disk. Other possibilities include an alteration in the density of the passing clouds causing the sun's image to alternately brighten and dim and so seem to advance and recede. Um, And dust or moisture droplets in the atmosphere refracting the sunlight and thus imparting a variety of colors. Mm-hmm. A rainbow. Yeah. I think also, like, gases was another reason that, like, the sun can dance in the sky. Is if there's gas, certain gases in the atmosphere that are, like, too thick or something, it'll... Yeah. It'll it refracts the light illusion. and distorts it. Yeah. Um, Nickel also suggests that the unusual visual effects could have resulted from temporary retinal distortion caused by staring at the intense light of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my favorite. I like that one best. Um, or it could have been caused by a sun dog, which is an atmospheric phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Phenomenon. That consists of a bright spot to the left or the right of the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it looks like three suns. Yes, actually, that was the next line. Oh. It was a pair of sun dogs <laughs> often flank the sun. A relatively common atmospherical optical phenomenon that sun dogs are. Yes. And Nickel also highlights the psychological suggestibility of the witnesses noting that devout spectators often come to locations where Marian apparitions have been reported, and I quote, fully expecting some miraculous event. Yeah, which means that you convince your brain it's going to happen and your brain is going to pretend it happened. Exactly. Um, and it's kind of like a mob mentality thing, where if you're, someone tells you that you're supposed to be seeing a thing, mm-hmm. then you start to see it. Yeah, it's kind of like when someone says, oh, my tummy hurts, and then you go, hmm, my tummy kind of hurts too. Um, and the phenomena of fully odd could also be account for the Fatima events. Uh, and that, I don't have extensive notes on it, is basically where two people are experiencing the same symptoms and they kind of sync up, or there's one primary who's experiencing some psychological Problems. problems and the people around them like a certain person that they're very close with yeah will actually start to mimic those issues mm-hmm. and usually if you separate them it the person it gets better for the the secondary yeah so, so it's like when men get like the male pregnancy symptoms you know like, sort of yeah. like a sympathetic pregnancy yeah um but mental so it's possible that lucia was schizophrenic or something and yeah. since her cousins were younger very impressionable and hung around her all the time they also started to show those um and since the two younger children never spoke i don't think about that vision of hell there's no way to corroborate the stories 
Makes sense. And I mean, you can also create false memories. Like, there, like there's a ton of people that remember Nelson Mandela dying in like the 1990s. Yeah. But he didn't. He yeah. didn't die in the 90s. Well, and it's like the whole satanic panic thing where there were those members of a daycare, um, and the children all recall these really weird, and I quote, suppressed memories that was all just them making stuff up or like, you know, coming up yeah. with stuff from being suggested. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that suppressed and recovered memories are not a thing because they are. They are. They completely are. Um, and it's that kind of thing with satanic panic and the um, daycare situation that made stuff like the women um, from the Baltimore sex abuse case um, that they covered in the show The Keepers. It's that kind of stuff that made their testimony less believable, even though I 100% believe that that happened to them. Yeah. Um, that's beside the point. Yeah. So, do you have any questions? Um, why are people so crazy as to thinking this stuff is real? Because it gives them something to hold on to. Oh. Especially, well no, with Fatima, like, that was during World War One, so everything was super shitty. And in times like that, um, it's when religion becomes a really big part because it gives people something to hold on to, someone to hold accountable for what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um... It's not great, yeah. but that is what happens. Like, there's so much unrest in the Middle East right now, which means that extremist groups happen. But that also happens in the United States. Like, we've seen that. We've had extremists. Super groups. right-wing Christians. You just There was one that murdered two people on the MAX train? Yes. Like, two weeks ago. Um, yeah. So, people take anything they can as something to hold on to if bad things are happening. I find it ridiculous, but yes. I unfortunately somewhat understand it. Yeah. Um, especially been raised in religion. Yeah. You're kind of steeped in it. Yes. Like a bag of tea. <laughs> I don't know why you said that. Creepy. I don't know. I feel like it would be creepy to be steeped in religion. I find religion creepy. It is. Um, Catholicism. Well, I mean, I was actually talking to someone the other day about how almost every religion has a couple things that you're like, wow, that's really fucked up. Yeah. Um, the only one I haven't come across anything like that is Hinduism, but I don't know a lot about Hinduism. No, there's some really fucked up okay. stuff in Hinduism. But like, um, this, like, one of the goddesses has a kid, and the kid is an elephant, or, like, half elephant. Like, it has an elephant's head. That feels Ganesha less less fucked up than how Catholics keep dead people yeah. on display. That's very true. I think Hindus have a culture of doing that, too. For a certain amount of time. Yeah. And uh, they found that, like, in Buddhism, Buddhist, some of those Buddhist, Buddhist statues yeah. are actually, actually human people. Beings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they kind of do the same thing. They just cover them in gold or bronze or something. Yeah. Yeah, there's... It's just... There's yeah. a lot of really weird stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, especially the stories about the gods and goddesses in Hinduism is... It's a little fucked up. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I don't mind religion as long as it's not hurting anybody. Yeah. I mean, if it makes you a better person or you need it to, you know, kind of keep your life moving forward, so be it. Stop pushing it on other people and stop hurting people that don't fit. Yeah. yeah. In the name of your religion or that don't fit with your view of what the That's world should That's always been my be. biggest thing, even when I was in the Catholic Church, is that my religion was mine, but that didn't mean that everyone else's was wrong. Yeah, exactly. Because it's all this... It's all the same thing. It's just a different color. Exactly. Like, that's what I don't... Like, some people, how they... Like, how so many Christians are, like, anti-Muslim. I'm like, you realize you're basically the same religion, yeah. right? You just believe, like, basically different prophets. That's it. You guys have the same holy city. You guys believe in the same God. Yeah. It's... 
You guys believe in the prophets. That's it. Yeah. You guys use different books. Um, we haven't made a dick joke in like 10 minutes. Wow. Uh, yeah, dick. we went on a whole religious rant there. <sighs> um, dick joke, dick joke. Oh, um, Travis pronounces penis. Penis. Penis? Penis. Was he from the South? I don't know. It's really funny, but I was like, why is it spelled with an H? And he's like, what? P-H-A? Penis. <laughs> Wouldn't that be Phoenix? That's what I said. <laughs> no, it's Penis. Penis. <laughs> That's why I keep him around. Hmm, very nice. I think that was that your first Travis mention? No, I mentioned him last week. Um, uh, but it was also when we were talking about taints. So. <laughs> I don't talk about Lucas much on this podcast. We talked about him in the Christmas episode. Yeah. I mean, I, I talk about him a little bit. But I don't really have any good dick jokes surrounding Lucas. Because, you know, everything's swell and dandy. And there's no jokes to be made. <laughs> I mean, everything is great here. We just yeah have dumb stuff. Yeah. Pahinus. Pahinus. <laughs> she did little mouth. Pahinus. <laughs> I do like it. Especially because in my head, I can't help but say phoenix. <laughs> Which reminds me of like a, a phoenix, you know? Like the creature. But it's I'm a, imagining a very phallic one. Bird dick. Yeah. Dick the bird? phoenix is phoenix? So like a... Harry Potter and the Order of the... So phoenix. People have a... So person has a penis, but a phoenix has a phoenix. Yeah, that's how that works. Hmm. All right. All right. Um, I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah, well, I said that I would mention a couple of River City Podcast Federation podcasts yes. that you should check out. Please um, do. First and foremost being Rocket Royale, which I did a guest episode on. Um, that was the Geekiest Greek God episode. That is really fun. There is also... Um, reboot, reuse, recycle, which is great. Um, Spec Script is one of my favorite podcasts right now. Mm-hmm. Um, for all of you guys who don't know, they have someone who has never seen an episode of a specific TV show write an episode of that TV show, and then they do a live read of it. <gasps> and the Big Bang Theory episode is genius. <laughs> oh my god, that sounds so fun. Um, do you do you get to like watch an episode of the show to like get character names and stuff, or you just have to go? F- Pull off the cuff. They kind of give you a, a breakdown of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to the Frasier episode. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, go check them out. Um, we're really excited. We'll keep you guys updated on stuff. If you have stuff that you... We haven't given our social media stuff yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, if you have suggestions for future episodes or you just want to talk to us, we are on Twitter at Afternoonified. We are on Instagram at Afternoonified. Facebook.com slash GetAfternoonified. Our website, www.GetAfternoonified.com. You can send us emails, look at past episodes, and donate. We love donations. Um, we will start doing ads at some point in the near future. Yeah. Next um, couple episodes. So, yes. That is the Virgin Mary... We have some fun episodes coming up. Yeah. Get excited, guys. I mean, good stuff is happening. Yeah. We're on our way. It's good. Um, I hope you enjoyed the audio quality from this episode. Yeah. Because we are not in a bathroom right now. Ah, we're back to being fancy pants in we, a conference room. We will not be in a bathroom anymore. anymore. Yeah, this is the first time we've recorded in like three months where my leg hasn't fallen asleep mid-episode. See, mine did fall asleep. That's because I'm sitting on it. Oh, how the tables have turned. (laughs) On that bombshell.